This episode of Author Stories is brought to you by the Writing Mastery Academy. Founded by Jessica Brody, author of the best-selling plotting guide, Save the Cat Writes a Novel. The Writing Mastery Academy features online, on-demand writing courses, including the official Save the Cat Writes a Novel companion course, novel fast drafting, crafting dynamic characters, and productivity hacks for writers to name just a few, plus monthly live webinars on various writing topics. Go to jessicabrody.com slash hank to learn more and get your first month of unlimited access to all the content for just $6. That's right, just $6. jessicabrody.com slash hank. You're listening to the Author Stories Podcast. Bringing you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Margaret White. Terry Brooks. Sheena Kamal. Matthew Quick. J.T. Ellison. Walt D. Williams. Brad Ford. Corey Doctorow. Brandon Sanders. Robin Mom. Ernest Klein. Jim Butcher. Sherwin Harris. Visit HankGarner.com for archives of all the shows. Today's guest is... Thanks for joining me again for the Author Stories Podcast, where I bring you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Today, I'm really excited to have Ray Ann Thane on the show with me today to talk about her brand new book, The Path to Sunshine Cove. And what a great feel-good book um, this is. If you're looking for something to get you out of the end of winter doldrums and uh, get you excited for you know what... Uh, hopefully 2021, uh, you know, hopefully it's going to be a much better year than what we just went through last year. And if you need something to put you in the, in a great headspace, this book is absolutely for you. Uh, welcome to the show, Rianne. Thank you so much for having me, Hank. I'm thrilled to be here and to talk about my book. I'm absolutely thrilled to have you. Um, Rianne, we begin each show with the same question. And that question is, what is your first memory of wanting to be a writer or storyteller? You know, that's really funny that you would ask that because it, for a long time I told people well, I'd never wanted to be a writer until I was probably in high school. But as I look back over my journey, I used to tell my friends stories all the time. I would make up stories and we would just sit around and I would just tell them some story about usually it involved some boy band that we were part of and <laughs> you know following around with and things like that. But, you know, so really from an early day, I really love to tell stories. Um, I grew up in a big family and so we were all voracious readers and I think that really helped me to love the written word and to, you know, decide that this is something, you know, I think everybody who's a writer started out as a reader first. And so I just fell in love with the written word. And in school, I would love to have writing assignments because, you know, I could let my my imagination go. But um, in high school, my journey took a little different turn. I was heavily involved in drama and debate in school. And I went to a high school that actually had a, a repertory theater. And so every month we would put on a different play. And so I was, that was really my focus for a long time in high school where I wanted to, I thought I would be a director. I thought I would be a, you know, I never thought about screenwriting. I just wanted to be an actress or a, a drama teacher or something along that route. Um, and then I had a, my mom who was a huge reader and kind of influenced all of us 
thought I would enjoy a journalism class and she really pushed me to take one. And I fell in love with telling stories on the, on the written page and having them out there in the world, which before that had just been my friends or, you know, people that I've talked to. And now suddenly, you know, I had a little larger platform and, and I loved that. So that's what I ended up um, pursuing uh, in, in college. I became a journalism, I was a journalism major and was worked in newspapers and was a reporter and editor for 10 years. And, but still I just dreamed about writing a book. I wanted to write a romance novel because those were the books that I loved the most. And so it was, I, I look back and I, it makes me laugh because, you know, I, I was on the university newspaper staff and we would sit around in, in our um, newsroom meetings and they'd all come up with like pseudonyms that I could use in my romance writing career someday. So even back then, you know, we were talking about what I would do when I wrote a book, but I, I didn't actually start until um, our daughter is, our oldest is 30, she'll be 31 this year. And when I was on maternity leave with her from my editor job, I was the news editor at a daily newspaper and um, when I was on maternity leave with her I thought I'm never going to have a chunk of time when I can I mean I have this baby yes but she does sleep sometimes and I never have another better chunk of time because I was working full-time you know and so I started my first book and it was awful and I kept at it and And then sold it five years later so this is my 25th this year is my 25th anniversary of being a published author Wow. Congratulations. You you know, I used to ask that question. um, I used to ask, what's your first memory of wanting to be a writer? And then I, 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 with more thought and reflection and, and more great answers from people, I realized that being a storyteller doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to become an author. Um, that that's an extension of it, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. And, and I also learned, um, from my friend, Craig Johnson, who, who writes the Longmire mystery series, that there's a great tradition of storytelling or great traditions of storytelling that you all across the world. And, and, you know, he specifically was talking about the cowboy tradition of telling stories around the campfire and, and how, um, you know, that that tradition gets carried on and on, you know, through generations that don't necessarily have anything to do with book publishing. Um, but there's just there's something about that storytelling gene that that shows itself in people. Right. And I think the it's it's really important to remember the power of story is so effective in so many different ways in our lives. And I don't think we're always aware of that. But, you know, I, I love having that gift of being able to tell a story. My husband's even better than I am at telling and actually audio <laughs> telling stories. He, he can he can spin a yarn and people will just be on the edge of their seat waiting for the punchline. You know, that's not one of my gifts anymore, I think, because I've spent so many years with the written page that, you know, with the written word and at my typewriter and by myself. And <laughs> um, but but, you know, I think it's a gift. Those people that can really spin those yarns. Sorry. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Um, Rayan, you, you spent, uh, I think you said about a decade working in journalism, uh, either as a reporter or an editor. Um, I'm, I've known quite a few people that, that that's been part of their journey, uh, to becoming an author. And I'm, I'm always fascinated with how that period of time in, in their life, uh, went on to affect them as writers. Um, what do you think that you picked up along the way from your uh, career in journalism that helps you now as a writer? Is it is it the the ability to see a story and try to get a different view than maybe the, the 10 other journalists that are covering this, you know, depending on what size town you're in? Um, you, you may have competition to cover the same story, but there's 
there's something about getting a unique view of what's going on. What, what do you think you took away from that time? Well, so many things. For one thing, you know, the idea that there is a story everywhere. There's everyone has a story. If you just sit down long enough and, and talk to them, you will find sure, that sure. out. You know, my favorite assignments were, was as a feature writer, you know, when I had the opportunity. And it was a fairly small newspaper, a town of, well, a community of about 80,000 people. And so, you know, it was not a huge, huge newspaper. But we uh, so because it was a small newspaper even i was on the editorial staff i was a news editor so my job was to go through the wire stories and pick what would run in our paper design the paper and write headlines and that sort of thing but because it was small everybody had to write stories you know a couple times a month we'd have to do feature stories and i loved those because you could just pick a person and sit down and talk to them and find out what an interesting life they've had. And so I think that helped as far as character development and, and just realizing, you know, that everybody has a journey, everybody's dealing with something hard. And that's sort of this become the central message of all of my books that, you know, you can deal with tough things in your life, but still find joy in, in the process. You know, you can, you can still allow love and joy and happiness in, even when you've come from a terrible place, you, you, you've dealt with hard things, you know, all of those things have sort of come through. Also, I would say in my, my journalism helped me just to figure out that, that writing is a job. And I've, that's really helped me as I've, I've had to realize, you know, there are days I don't feel like it. There are days I don't want to, <laughs> there are days the words don't come, but I know that if I sit down and do it, I will, because I had that, I had a deadline, you know, we had to have our stories in by 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, you know, and there was an afternoon paper, which are, I think have, are gone the way of the dinosaur as well. Um, and so yeah. we, we had to absolutely, I, I learned that I had to do it, whether I felt like it or whether the words came or whatever I had to produce. And so that's helped me very much, um, you know, just as a, as a romance author where I started out, you know, readers are prolific and they want a lot. I mean, they're, they're voracious is the word I want. They want prolific authors. And I don't feel like I'm super prolific, but I've had to, you know, learn how to write two or three books a year in order to, to continue to build my career just because my readers expect that and they want that. You're not the first person to say um, that the, the, the work ethic part of journalism is what has really stayed with them, you know, having to work on a deadline and, and whether you feel like it or not, you've got to do the work. And I, I think that's a, that's something that all of us can take away from, from that is just that, that writing is some days it feels like magic. Some days, you know, you just sit down and, and the characters just come to you out of the ether and, and you're just reporting on what they're doing, and it just seems like just magic. And then some days, it's like, okay, I'm a professional. I've got to do this, whether you know whether the pixies are, are sprinkling dust on me or not. <laughs> That's right. And I love those magical days. There's no, oh, yeah. no feeling like that in the world when the story flows, and you're just feeling like you're just channeling this creativity onto the page that's coming from somewhere else, not from you, you know, but they're few and far between, unfortunately, as I've learned over 25 years of being published, but they're magic. They're absolutely magic. The rest of them, you know, I love all of them. What I love the most is, is reading a book that I've written and, and just realizing that came from me, that totally, every, everything about that book came out of my head. And that's an amazing, powerful feeling to know that I can tell stories. And I love that idea that 
that people are, I'm making people's lives happier. You know, I have a, I'm looking at it right now on my screen, on my computer. It says, I may not change the world, but I can change someone's afternoon. And that's exactly, that's exactly my philosophy every day when I sit down to write. I'm making someone happy with what I write. I'm making, you know, I've had so many emails um, and, and messages through social media from people who said, you know, your books are helping me through this hard time. And what more can I ask as a writer? I never dreamed that that would be, you know, I would be helping people through a, a global pandemic when I started yeah. writing. But it's it's really um, fulfilling to know that that things that I've written, even things that I wrote 25 years ago, are still people are still reading those, you know, and finding joy in them. Well, I'll tell you what, um, paychecks are nice. Do not get me wrong um, about any of that. We love being paid for the work that we do. Um, but that money eventually gets spent and and you know goes away. But those that feedback from people, that's what really stays with you. and And that's where, um, you know, if we could just live off of the the positive vibes and compliments that we get from readers, I, I think every writer would. Um, there, there's just nothing like knowing that you've connected, especially on a heart level, uh, with someone through your work right. it is it is magical. And I I don't get an opportunity very often to to meet a lot of my readers in person, you know, personal situations. I have, I'm a caregiver to a son with severe disabilities. And so I can't go to a lot of writer things, reader things in the days we used to have them, you know. And so really a lot of my input comes through the social media and through the, um, you know, just people reaching out through email. But I've learned to – that didn't happen in my early days. Like I said, 25 years, remember, we didn't have email back in the early days. I remember getting a packet of letters from my publisher that were fan letters that people had written in, you know, that were my first contact. So it was back in the very early days of email when I first started out. And so things have changed a lot since I started. Wow. <laughs> you said that from uh, from middle school on, your junior high, you were a fan of romance uh, novels and knew that this was the genre that you wanted to write in. Um, and you're absolutely right that um, that romance readers are some of the most uh, voracious readers that I know, um, but also some of the um, uh, they're they're so true and 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 so uh they they really support uh the authors in the community and just a, a great great community to be involved in um and and there are tons and tons of of romance readers um i, I don't want to give the impression that they're uh, some sort of um marginalized group at all because they're not um but people that are not romance readers maybe don't quite get what the genre is all about and um it, it it's it's so weird when when you're trying to explain what it is that you love about a book when, when to people that just don't get the genre. So if you could talk to someone who, you know, is not a traditional romance uh, novel reader, what is it about the genre that uh, that they might love? So the answer I usually give to this is that it's. You know, it's life affirming to me. It's it's about the emotional journey. It's not about, you know, the things that people tend to think of, the steamy uh, scenes. I don't actually write those anymore. I did in kind of the early days of my career, but I've gone more to focus on the relationship because this is something universal. We're all 
you know, we all seek love and we all want happiness and a happy ever after, whether we're, we consider ourselves so romantic or not, you know, we're, we're tribal as a, as a people, we want those connections and the people in our lives. And so, you know, I think that romances are so life affirming when I read one, you know, what's wrong with closing the book with a happy smile at the end and thinking, well, that just lifted my spirits and now I'm ready to move on, you know, with my day. It's it's an escape to people, certainly. Um, and it's a place, it's a happy place they can go to when life feels scary and hard. They know that these people are going to deal with hard things, just like they're dealing with hard things, but they're going to resolve them and end up with a happy ever after. And I think that that's a great, um, just a great way to, to spend your time. Are you looking for software that helps you bring your novel to life? Novelize is a web-based writing app which allows you to access your work on any device with a browser and an internet connection, right from your desktop, laptop, tablet, or smartphone. Just get the novel written. Say goodbye to sticky notes. With our notebook on the side, you can keep track of all the important information you need to write your novel. We keep distractions to a minimum help you track your progress, and encourage you to write more novels. You can even use the same notebook for your novels in a series. Outline, write, or organize your novel by switching between modes. You can write your outline notes while you're writing, and you can move scenes and chapters around anytime in the organized mode. Choose between the dark and light theme to help prevent eye strain so that you can stay immersed in your book. Novelize, the app for writers by writers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Rayan, you have written a number of great series um, throughout your writing career, and your latest series is the Cape Cat. I just stumbled all over that. The Cape Sanctuary series, and the new book is The Path uh, to Sunshine Cove. Um, what what does writing a series do for you as a writer, um, as opposed to the, the standalone, where at the end of the book? All of the characters, uh, you know, have their stories wrapped up in in one way or another, um, and but then we move on and and don't think about those characters anymore. Whereas a series, you know, we get to lock onto a particular character or a family or um, you know a town where the the world kind of gets bigger in a way as we kind of look at stories with this with these familiar places and people but get to see them from different angles um when you start thinking about a new series uh you know approaching something differently what do you hope that you as the writer get to do uh with this kind of long story that you're going to tell in multiple chapters Right. Well, I, I should clarify that Cape Sanctuary is uh, the three books. They are consists of three books that are set in the same place, but each book is a total standalone. So this, in this particular case, this is a series that's only connected by geography. The characters don't intersect. There's not a through line through the series that of a like a mystery or something like that that they need to solve. But I have written many of that kind of series, um, and what I love about that is. For me as an author, I hate to say goodbye to my characters and I hate to just, okay, it's done. You know, I, I spent four months in your heads and now I'm never seeing you again, you know. And so for me, right. 
series selfishly. I like the chance, you know, a few books later to revisit these people, see where they are, see what's happening in their life, you know, or have them just pop in, pop in and out so that I don't have to say goodbye to these people who've become friends to me in a, in a strange sort of way. Um, and so that's one thing I love. And I think that's what readers respond to. They just like the idea that, okay, I know these people, this is a comfortable place for me. Um, one of my series, Haven Point, um, has, I want to say 11 books in it, maybe. I can't re- I can, can't keep track of where I am with it. <laughs> I'm done with the, that series. I mean, I've written all the books that I'm going to write in there. Um, and at some point, a, an author has to say, that's enough. You know, I need to move on somewhere else. And Cape Sanctuary itself started as one book, um, my book, The Cliff House. And I just, I, it was a hard, my first hardcover. It was my first really, you know, bigger book that involved multiple points of view. And so I just created this fictional town that I loved um, that I sort of mashed up. I've got all these beeping things. I'm trying to turn everything off. I thought I had all my <laughs> notifications turned off. Sorry. It's um, okay. <laughs> and I, anyway, I, I mashed up Cannon Beach, Oregon and um, Monterey, California, which are two of my favorite beach communities and sort of just plopped it down in Northern California. And, and I loved that town so much that when it came time to, to write my second hardcover, I just talked to my publishing house. I said, look, you know, all I need is the, the place, the setting, the characters don't need to intersect, but I love the setting. And so can I just set the second one there? And that was going to be the plan and then when I was working on the third one I said hey I've still got you know people I that I've got a people that I want on a coastal community can I just use Cape Sanctuary and so that's sort of where that came from just the idea of creating this community that that is set there and then I can tell the different standalone stories that are in that place um, I know I'm doing one more set there and then that's probably all um, I'll probably move somewhere else just for the next one but you know the the big joy for me. I love creating fictitious um, places because I don't like setting books in actual places. It, I think it's it's too hard for the people who live there. They say, hey, that street doesn't go that way or whatever. Uh, and I think it takes them out of the story. And so it's it's much better for me to just come up with my own my own place. I base them on real places. Typically, um, like I, I wrote a series called Hope's Crossing, which is loosely based on Park City, Utah. I live in Utah. And so um, that's a place I've been many times and have uh, ancestral roots there. And so it was easy for me to, to write a book sort of based there, using that as a setting, um, just moving it somewhere else in Colorado for that one. When, when you first start thinking about a new series, um, and I, I love to hear stories about the beginnings of things because one moment there, uh, there is no Sunshine Cove and, uh, and, and there is no, no cape that we're talking about. Um, and then either a character walks onto the stage of your mind um, and, you know, starts doing something and all of a sudden a story erupts or maybe you're, you're imagining the setting and then, uh, you know, characters start populating the setting. Like, wh- what is that, that beginning of a series or a book like for you? So for me, it always starts with the characters. I always think about the characters first. I think about where they are in the beginning of the book and where I want them to end up. And so and and so I think about their back history. I spend a lot of time doing this and I just I finished a book on Monday, so I'm right now in the process of, you know, pounding out figure, figuring out all these details about my next book and it is a long hard process of thinking, you know, what conflicts are they going to have? What is their their history that's precluding them from, you know, finding happiness in life. What do they need to 
shed about themselves in order to, you know, be at a better place at the end of the book in order to be happier than they are. Um, and so for me, it, it is the characters. I spend a long time in their heads thinking, you know, sort of at times I've done all the different tricks through 25 years of, of writing history. I've done, you know, interviewing your characters in your mind and saying, and I, and that actually works quite well for me just saying, why are you doing this? What, what do you want out of life? And and then those answers come as well. I, I think we're all um, as writers a little bit schizophrenic. We have all these voices in our heads and <laughs> sometimes, you know, we actually talk to them in the car. And when I first started out, it was, it would be weird for people. I'd be in the car driving along and I'm sure they thought I was strange, but that was before cell phones were very popular now everybody's talking to themselves in their cars and nobody pays anybody else any mind but um <laughs> yeah so it starts with the characters and then i think you know where's the best setting that their particular journey can is best told you know so for instance in in my book um the cliff house which started the cape sanctuary series you know i really needed sisters who lived um in this fairly wealthy community because they each had sort of a different different journey and different situations that had brought them to that particular place. Um, and the reason why that worked so well for the book that I'm writing that is coming out um, next week, the, the Path to Sunshine Cove, uh, is that the I needed one sister who, who really loved family and community and um, settled in a place that she absolutely loves and doesn't want to leave. And that's Rachel, who loves Cape Sanctuary. And then I needed another sister who because of the shared trauma in their past, she has dealt with it by sort of closing off those emotions and connections. And her job is to travel the world or the country anyway, in her Airstream trailer and help older people downsize. And so she, that's kind of her career and she's, she's made, has a company and she goes all over the country. And I needed her to come back to visit her sister, take a job in this community and then decide this is where she wants to put down roots. So it really helped that I already had in my head this idea of this community, you know, the 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 geography of it, the people of it, the feeling that that she got there as a as a really compelling reason that she could say, okay, now I'm ready to put aside this trauma and move on with my life. Who is uh, Jessica Clayton, and and how did she emerge uh, in your mind? So she's the one who travels with her Airstream trailer. Um, and so I had the idea. I had a couple of different ideas that I ended up mashing together, as as I think a lot of writers do. You know, I keep an idea file, and and anytime something comes to me, I'll I'll say, oh, maybe this happened to these people. Maybe this is her job. Maybe that or whatever. And then I, as I'm sitting down trying to come up with an idea for a book, I'll look through that file, and usually it's two or three of those ideas come together and. And that's what makes the book. And in her case, um, I actually heard uh, on NPR one day there was an advertisement for a company that basically that's their job is they go they help people uh, downsize seniors who need to go into assisted living or senior apartments or whatever. Um, they come in and they clean out your house and and basically and I thought having done that for both of my parents when they died you know it's a hard thing to do and I could see where someone would want you know to hire someone else to come in and say just deal with this because there's so much to clean through and I'm not emotionally ready to do it and so you know that in that case and we had also done the downsizing for my in-laws who had to move to a senior apartment and so we had to clean their house out as well 
Um, so that's her job. She just, she, she loves it. She loves to travel around. She loves not having to build connections. Um, she, she's really damaged because of some things that had happened, um, in her past, not only the big trauma that she shared with her sister, Rachel, which I, I don't want to spoil because it is kind of a central part of the book, but, um, a big trauma that she shared with her sister when they were, were children, but then she had subsequent traumas after that rejections, emotional rejections that sort of made her want to be this self-contained person, not counting on anybody else. Um, and then she, her sister's dealing with some, some troublesome things in her life. And so Jess takes a job in the same community thinking, you know, I'll just come and, and spend a little time with my, my nieces and nephew and get to know them a little bit better than I do living this transitory life. Um, she comes to this town and, and falls in love with the, the lady that she's helping clean out her house, the lady has a son that she ab ab actually falls in love with. Um, and then as she becomes more entwined with her sister's life, um, she realizes that she's deeply lonely and has never admitted it to herself, that she does enjoy helping people. But the end result of that is, you know, she doesn't have any deep connections and she wants them in her life. It's... Um, it sort of a, a subtitle in a lot of your marketing material is she knows what's best for everyone but herself. Um, <laughs> how, how often are we all like that uh, in some cases where we, we can solve everyone else's problems, but we never want to you know, turn turn the view back on ourselves. It's so much easier to, to solve everyone else's problems. Um, how, how fun was this character to write, okay. kind of knowing that, that she had this um, you know, this baggage uh, that she didn't want to deal with, but could do it for everyone else. Oh, she was a great character. And I was raising my hand when you said, how often do we do that? That's, <laughs> that's absolutely me. And I, I use the excuse that I'm solving problems all day long for all these characters in my head. And right. it's really hard for me to come home at the end of the day and have to solve my own problems. And so I don't, I just kind of let them slide in a lot of cases, but um, she was, she was a great character. And a lot of the book itself was really fun for me to write. And I think a lot of emotional things in my own life came out there. You know, for instance, Rachel's dealing with a son um, who's diagnosed with autism very early. The signs were, were quite obvious in his case. He's only three, almost three. Um, but, but it was one of those sort of obvious cases and, you know, coming from, I have a son with disabilities and I know that journey. I know exactly that journey of, sure. of how you come to terms with dealing with the life that you thought your child would have and, and then realizing it's going to be something totally different. And so, her journey in particular really spoke to my heart as I wrote her stories. And I've, I've touched on that a little bit in previous stories. I've written, you know, a few characters with disabilities and things like that, but I don't know that I've ever so overtly discussed um, from a character's point of view, some of those painful feelings that you deal with as you're, you're trying to sort of reconcile that your life is not going to be this perfect, you know, ideal that you planned. And in Rachel's case, particularly, that's very acute because, you know, she's an Instagrammer, she's a social influencer, she's all about appearances and, and putting a pretty picture out there, you know, um, she's, she does, you know, sort of like the lifestyle kind of blogger um, things. And so for her suddenly to be dealing with this the fact that her life is not going to turn out exactly how she planned, you know, was really traumatic for her and, and ended up, you know, she was pushing away her husband because she didn't know how to deal with all these feelings. And so her journey is to not necessarily total acceptance because that's a, that takes a lifetime as someone in the disability community, I can tell you, it takes a lifetime, you know, for the most part, you're fine. And then suddenly one day you have a bad day or whatever. And, um, but, but 
for now, she realizes she needs her husband. They love each other and, and, you know, together they're a team and they can help this child together much better than they could separately. Um, and so I, I really enjoyed her part of the journey as well. So combining the two sister stories, I loved that being able to do that. You know, that's something coming from a early romance, you know, background where I, I started out in writing category romances, like Harlequin romances, where you have to a couple and it's a fairly linear story where you're focused on that those people coming together and that's the story and I have loved being able to write these bigger stories where I'm not only dealing with yes there's a romance there and my books will probably always have a romance because that's so dear to my heart but I love being able to deal with these sisters who have been at odds for all their adult life and, you know, a wife and a husband who are struggling to reconnect or, you know, dealing with community and dealing with all these other feelings that, and relationships that you can't necessarily always do in a, in a linear romance. So you, you talked earlier about the series, um, and and this series uh, in particular, uh, Cape Sanctuary, which is bound together by the place of Cape San- Sanctuary, but the characters don't necessarily interact. Um, as a writer, what does having um, a world already built um, do for you? Um, how does that enable you to tell new and different stories, um, but with a setting that's already kind of fleshed out? Well, it sort of provides a framework, uh, you know, there's, a, there's already, I don't have to figure out the geography. I know some of the street names. I know the names of the city parks, you know, that sort of thing. Um, on, on the flip side. Oh, and I do love that. Let me don't, don't get me wrong. I, when I sit down and write some of my series, it's just such a comfortable space for me because that big universe has been created already. I've already put the work in for that. And now I can, you know, focus on the micro universe of these two people and, and, or, you know, the, their own journey with the people who surround them. So I don't have to, you know, build the, build the walls of the house. It's already built. I can decorate it. If that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And so I do love doing that. Um, The flip side of that though, is that I can tend to, you know, I think it's, there's more of a creative um, exercise when I'm creating a, a completely new town, you know? So when I do move communities, it's always invigorating to me because I can do whatever I want. It's a fresh palette. It's a brand new uh, blank canvas. And so I can create anything I want in there. And I love doing that. You know, I, I, I get email from readers saying, why did you stop writing this series? I love this series so much. Um, and I have to say, I love that series too. And I never say I'm never going back to it, you know, because someday I might revisit one or two characters and go back to it. But at some point for me as a writer, I have to say that's enough. I don't want readers to feel like they can't come into a community because they haven't read book one. And now I'm on book eight, you know, and they, they don't want to enter in because they don't know all these other seven books. And so they have to go back and read all those seven books. And so for me, um, it's much easier to to keep them short, I think kind of seven is about my max for however many books I would create in a in a community moving forward, probably. Well, the new book is called The Path to Sunshine Cove, uh, an amazing book that I know you're going to love for for many different reasons. And uh, and and whether you consider yourself a a, a diehard fan of some other genres, um, you know, it's okay to love those genres and then 
dip over and and read something new um i think you'll you'll be a better person for it and a better reader for it the path to sunshine cove when you're hearing this is available everywhere today we're going to put links to it in the show notes where you can grab it in hardcover or kindle edition if you'd rather read on your kindle or listen to the audiobook that also is available today when you're hearing this um rayanne this has been so much fun chatting um where can people find you online if they want to dig into all the amazing stuff that you do so my website is just rayanthane.com and then i'm on facebook instagram twitter i'm not super active on twitter but you can really find me mostly on facebook that's kind of my my jam there and it's rayanne author rayanne Excellent. We'll put links to that in the show notes as well. Um, Rayanne, thank you so much for time uh, for taking time to come on the show today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Authors, if you're looking for a partner to help ensure that your book is the best it can possibly be, look no farther than Pico's House. Crystal and her staff make a conscious effort to be critical yet courteous. They also strive to make the business side of things run smoothly so that you can rest easy knowing that your manuscript is in capable hands. Whether you need beta reading, developmental editing, a manuscript critique, line editing, copy editing, or proofreading, Pico's House is the one-stop shop for you. Check them out today at picoshouse.com to get started. Authors, I have a fantastic new service to tell you about. It's called PubSite. PubSite is a service to help you build your very own website, your home on the web, where you can promote your work and give your fans a place to connect with you. PubSite is a website platform that allows every author, regardless of budget, to have a great-looking professional website. Developed by the book marketing professionals at FSB Associates, PubSite is the new easy-to-use DIY website builder developed specifically for books and authors. Whether you're an author of one book or 20, or a small publisher, PubSite allows you to build, design, and most importantly, update your website pain-free. No need to be dependent on a designer or webmaster to make a small but costly change to your website. Save the money and do it yourself. PubSite is the best platform for authors because it's a book-centric platform. PubSite was built just for authors and small publishers. Every design, feature, and layout is book-centric. They have customized designs for you to use. It's easy to build. No coding or HTML is necessary to create a stunning, professional-looking website with all the features you want. Get a custom domain name, yourname.com. It's simple to update. You can add all of your books, add a blog and a book tour, sell from any retailer, manage your email list and social media, and even do e-commerce. Build your website with a 14-day free trial, then pay just $19.99 per month, which includes hosting. And we offer packages starting at $499 to set up the website for you. Pub-Site.com, the place to help authors find their home on the web.